to the Mission LHC podcast, where you'll hear real conversations with a married couple that are on a mission to help other couples as they learn to love, honor, and cherish each other in all stages of marriage. My name is Heath Yearwood. And I'm Amanda Yearwood. And thanks for joining us as we laugh together and share our story together in hopes that we can be an encouragement to you. Welcome to our podcast. Um, to get started on this episode, we just want to give you a little backstory of who we are and why we're here today. But Heath, tell us a little bit about our story. Well, this is all new to us, and so we're going to do the very best we possibly can. Uh, I'm sure we'll learn a lot each episode, but the kind of the backstory is I've been the uh, principal at West Point for about 30 years and was a coach there and a teacher prior to being principal. And I was teaching school already at West Point, and I end up uh, meeting Amanda. But the whole story behind that a little bit, in my life going up, I had a, uh, a mother that was a praying mom, and she would always tell me something that she would pray, wanting me to have a Proverbs 31 wife. And at the time, being a teenage boy, I didn't really want to hear about a Proverbs 31 wife, and I remember vividly being in the living room and my mom telling me that one day because mothers seem to know these things don't they Amanda (laughs) yes I would agree which I'm kind of glad hearing you say that I'm kind of glad that I didn't know your mom had had that conversation with you because that would be a lot of pressure I mean I look at Proverbs 31 now and think "Mm, that that's some high standards right there well and you know and actually at the time my mom was praying that prayer I wasn't looking for it And at that time, as we share our stories a little bit, you may have not been that woman yet that you were seeing down the road, but God has a plan for all of us, and I'm glad he can see that in our lives. You know, so I went on, and I was raised in a family that was Christian, and wasn't really a bad kid. You know, I ended up uh, being saved at 16. I went down to the altar. I remember it well. I just didn't want to go to hell was the main reason that I, I went down to the altar. I really believe I was saved at that point. I prayed the prayer and I felt relief, but my relief was more about not going to hell. I then, you know, went on and, and was just a typical teenager. I did some good, did some bad. And about 19, I found myself in a situation, and I remember being in my bedroom, crying out to God, basically, you know, because I knew that I was wrong and I'd done things that I shouldn't. But at that point, it was almost like God looked into my soul, and He could see my sin, and I was embarrassed. I always share this, and it kind of sounds crazy. I felt like Adam and Eve when they first realized they were naked in the Garden of Eden. I realized that I was a sinner and I was separated at, you know, from God at that time. I believe if I wasn't saved truly at 16, at 19, 100% I was. But you know, I'd like to tell you that at that moment, the rest of my life has been perfect and I have never done anything bad. But I do know I always have that reassurance of going back to that moment. Amanda, a little bit about your story before we get into how we met. Sure. Well, I I would love to say that I had that eye-opening experience like you did, but mine was a little different. Um, I was raised in a great home. My parents are believers, uh, so I always knew right from wrong. I could quote scripture. You know, you would always find us at vacation Bible school in the summer, so so I knew all the right things to say, but um, as a young adult, I 
I figured out that a lot of what I knew was really just head knowledge. It wasn't heart knowledge. And, and so when I met you, um, I saw a different side of, of God that I'd never seen before. And um, so that was big for me. But So let's tell a little bit, a little bit about how we met. So we met on a blind date, which is... Well, and I'm always glad because everybody, I, Amanda and I have been married 26 years and we have been truly blessed that God put us together and we both believe in our heart that we were put together because of praying parents. And saying that, you know, we met, neither one of us at the time was really looking for a spouse to be married to. But I will kind of say this, I was at a different place than Amanda even at that point. I had really wanted to meet somebody good and I was already teaching school and I was going very involved at a church where a lot of my ball players played and everything it was a great church a great uh, group of people there wasn't a lot of single ladies that were there and I remember thinking well where am I going to meet somebody uh, you know I'm already in a job and then I'm going to church on the weekends, and where would I meet the people? And so I started worrying about a spouse, worrying about meeting someone. And unfortunately, you know, I said I had never been a real bad person, but I started going places that I shouldn't sometimes. And I remember one day being in a, a place like that, and I remember looking around and thinking, you know, this is kind of sad because this is people's life right here. And this isn't the life that I was intended for. This isn't the life that I'm wanting. And it was kind of at that moment that I guess God intervened and stepped in. And I used to play men's softball all the time, and, and I was blessed to have been on good teams. I wasn't necessarily great, but I was on good teams. And we usually won in softball all the time. And we would at least, you know, play into the, uh, the finals or be real late on a Saturday night. But I could still remember we were playing on a Saturday. And my future brother-in-law was playing by me in the outfield. We played side-by-side -side in the outfield. One of us played rover and one of us played center field. And I remember being out there with us and all of a sudden he, him uh, looking over there at me and he, he told me, he said, hey, when are you going to go out with my sister-in-law? And I was like, well, what's wrong with her? And he was like, nothing. He said, I just, I think you just need to go out with her. So, <laughs> Which ironically, I asked my sister the same question when she called me at work that day. <laughs> I said, uh, what's wrong with him? Well, and I'm glad <laughs> they didn't tell her the truth. But I, what I didn't get to a while ago is I've lived for these 26 years wondering how in the world did I end up with her. And always it goes back to being that blind date. <laughs> that uh, I'm glad that uh, she was blind and uh, we always liked the movie Shallow Hell, and where he always looks at her, no matter what her appearance is, he thinks she's the most beautiful thing in the world, and I'm glad that ours is the reverse of that, that Amanda thinks I'm tall, dark, and handsome still to this day, so uh, it's been a blessing to be with her, And uh, but it all goes back to this moment. My brother-in-law asked me about that, and in, in just passing, we go on and we finish the inning, well, then we go into the dugout, and he has a picture, which is kind of weird. He's got a picture of Amanda. Yeah, that was back in the day of good old printed photos, and you carry those in your wallet. Now, I, I will have to give a little disclaimer there. Now, my sister and I, we worked at a photography shop, so that's why 
we had pictures of ourselves because we could develop our own pictures. <laughs> well, he has a he has a picture of you, and she was beautiful at the time, and I saw that, so that kind of helped. Now, the only thing that hurt her a little bit is she didn't have a photo of me, so I don't know what Jill told you, but... Uh, <laughs> So he, he mentions it to me, and I said, yeah, she, I, I, she's pretty. I'll go out with her. We go back out in the outfield, and all of a sudden, he says something to me again about it. Well, so you're going to go out with her. Well, I'm looking off. You know, my mind, those of you that know me, it goes in about 500 different directions, and everybody always laughs about squirrel. I'm going to chase the next thing. Well, all of a sudden, he says, you're going to go out with her. What did you think about her? And I said, my goodness, that's a big dog. And I looked down there, and there's somebody walking a trail around the ball field area, the complex we're playing, and they've got a huge dog. He thinks I'm talking about my sister in or about his sister-in-law. And um, that was a funny moment that we have there. And I said, well, I'll, I'll go out with her just, you know, whenever. We go on, and we lose the ball game. And normally, again, we play, like, into the championship. We're done. And our running joke used to be when we would watch games like that, some of you that can go back, you're a little bit older, used to on, a, there was a TV station, and we were back in when we didn't even have cable out in the country a whole lot, but there was a, a TV station that had Kung Fu Theater that would come on in the afternoons. And our running joke with when we would get beaten softball or something like that would take place, I guess we're going to get home in time to watch Kung Fu Theater. <laughs> and uh, so that day I remember going home, and I remember uh, watching TV, and I fell asleep on my couch. Now, knowing that that's what happens as we get older and we're watching stuff, it's kind of ironic on that. But I fall asleep on my couch, and all of a sudden, my phone rings, which, not a cell phone at the time. <laughs> my phone rings, and I answer the phone, and they were like, Hey, uh, when are you going to go out with my sister-in-law? I said, I told you I, was go I would go out with her. And... Uh, I think this is kind of revealing how desperate they were to fix me up with someone because now how many times in one day has my brother-in-law tried to impress on you that, hey, she needs a date. Please help us out. And I would like to say that's God just trying <laughs> to intervene a whole lot and they were just mouthpieces to that. But now looking back, you know... Uh, I am glad last week in our at church, the Brother Andrew Heppenstall was preaching a message about uh, slaying giants and how the importance of people around us helping to fight those giants. And, you know, sometimes family members, parents, everybody else, I'm glad that we've had people in our lives that have been doing that. And that's one of the reasons we're doing this podcast. You know, some of our stories are no different than many of yours. And we're in a group right now called Disciples Making Disciples. And the thing about it is, is sharing your story because everybody has a different story. And if our stories can touch someone and bring someone to know the Lord or to have hope, that's kind of what we're doing with this and we're, we're going at that point. But now back to the story. <laughs> that was just a little squirrel. That was a squirrel Welcome that I'm Welcome to the brain of Heath Yearwood. Yes. Well, back to the story. So I said that, yeah, I'll go out. I told you I would. Well, all of a sudden, they want me to meet her that night. So that's where we're going to let Amanda pick up the desperation they probably were telling her on the other side as well. <laughs> oh, goodness. I remember my sister called me at work that day. And now I think probably an important 
point here would be that this was not the first time that my sister and brother-in-law had fixed me up on a date. And Wait a minute. I thought I was the first person this happened to, so maybe it wasn't divine. Well, I'm just going to say the, the previous attempts were, were not successful, and um, I was not always the, the nicest or happiest person to be around, so I, I think they were pretty desperate to, to sucker somebody into going out with me. So... So when Jill called me that day, uh, of course, my first response was, okay, what's wrong with him? And, uh, but she, she convinced me to come over that night. So so do you think it's safe to say that they didn't tell you that I was five foot seven and I talked all the time and uh, you don't think they didn't tell you that part of it? They, they didn't tell me that part. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so this was back in the day. So I think the probably some of the biggest things I remember about that night when we met, I mean, as it was already awkward that they were fixing us up on a blind date. So we had come to meet them at their apartment and um to make things even more awkward, they sent us to get a movie, to rent a movie that night. Do you remember If I that? recall it correctly, it was almost like the moment we talked to each other, it was almost <laughs> pushing us out the door, hey, y'all go get a movie. We didn't know each other, didn't have a clue about each other. So we go and pick a movie. And for those of you that don't understand about picking a movie, it's not like <laughs> Netflix or uh, Amazon or whatever where you can get it from your living room. We had to actually go to a place and... Drive across town. Drive across town and we go together not knowing each other. And we end up going to a, a business called the Pharaoh Shop. So those of you from Coleman that are hearing this, you can probably <laughs> It was remember. the hometown version of Blockbuster. <laughs> right. And so we go in there, and I remember picking a movie. And now knowing us, we, we can never pick a movie. We watch something on Netflix, and we have a running joke that we just add that to our list of the bad quality movies or whatever. But that's something we always do. But we found a movie. Can't even tell you what it was uh, yeah, I don't that day. What we and we go back to the house, and I think they were happy to just see us pull back up because evidently, knowing Amanda's history, at least that was a, <laughs> that was a positive at this point. <laughs> I've not tried to shake you yet. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we go back, and now now knowing a little bit about it, uh, the menu. I'm a very picky eater, and so that was one of the things I guess probably. Uh, I look back on now, I'm just glad that it was something that I would eat. Uh, so, Amanda, you want to talk about that a little bit? So, well, I don't I don't really remember much about the menu other than it. I think it was like chicken quesadillas or something. But, of course, we didn't know at that point that you were a meat and bread kind of person, meat and potatoes. But, uh, but we made it through the meal. Now, I do remember that that night when we were leaving the apartment, that you had walked me out to my car, and of course, again, this is before cell phones. You're talking about dead man walking? <laughs> yes. Now, we didn't know this story at the time, but my brother-in-law and sister-in-law tell this later on, that they were, well, they lived in a, a apartment complex in Coleman, again, for people that are from Coleman. It was called Oak Manor. Oak Manor. That was one of the apartment places <laughs> in Coleman. So they had a, a, a place there, and they were really uptown. They were on the balcony one. Yes. And so they slipped out on the balcony, and they were watching us underneath. And let's just say I probably wasn't real smooth, and they said that he's dead. So that's why I refer to that as dead man walking, that they thought that that was it, and Amanda 
because she's done killed so many of the other fix-ups now, knowing that part, that uh, they think that it's over with. So now you can tell the rest of the story, Amanda. <laughs> so I remember you asking me for my number, of course. Now, again, to date us a little bit, it would have been long distance for you to call me. So I was happy to give you uh, a long distance number thinking you would never attempt to call me but uh so we we left that night and i remember driving away and uh then i remember noticing that you turned in a different area but it was a shortcut that i also knew the same shortcut and you came out on the other end of the shortcut so you were you were following me in a what you thought was a discreet way i think hey is that the same shortcut that you took years later that the local policeman found you on as well well yes i might have a little bit of a lead foot is that what you're uh, I, well i'm just saying i guess you did learn from my shortcut huh? yes i did but, but on that <laughs> She says that I was waiting for her as she comes by because I didn't want to pull out because I knew that she was, we were in, in town and we both lived, I lived about 20 to 25 minutes out of town and she was probably 35 to 40 minutes where she lived on past where I had to go. She went on, it took her about 30 to 35 minutes. Well, I follow her most of that way and then I turn off to go to my house and she goes on. So, that was on a Saturday night. Yeah, I believe that. That was the first Saturday night, or the last Saturday night, I think, of July that summer. And, um, again, you worked at a photography place, as you said. Mm -hmm. I built houses with my uncle and them as I was going to college. And, um, actually, at this time, I was now teaching uh, at, at West Point High School. And... So Amanda was probably working a lot on those Saturdays, and that's going to lead to a story in a little bit if she hadn't been out in the sun a whole lot, and I'll tell that coming up. <laughs> but uh, so as we're, uh, you know, we make a plans that we were going to go out again, so I'm supposed to call her. Well, I remember trying to call her, and I couldn't reach her all day. I think it was like on a Tuesday. She may have been working or something. Well, I still hadn't reached her. We knew that that weekend I had a big softball tournament, and she had to work, but we wanted to go out prior to that. So I knew I had to get in touch with her to try to line up something. So I remember being at a concert in Birmingham at Oak, Oak uh, Mountain. We were watching a concert. I was there with some buddies. So I had to go. I didn't have a cell phone at the time that way. So I had to go to a pay phone. And I can still remember it. It was right there by the concession stand in the bathrooms. There was about four there. And I remember trying to get in touch with you. I think I called once, didn't get you. I called back, and I got you. And we set up a date for? For that Thursday night, which was kind of odd to go out on a Thursday night. But um, that was the only night we could make it happen. So... So, uh, we, you know, we, we laughed the other day. We had a post uh, that came out that I, we celebrated our 30th year of uh, education and graduation, and I took her to a fancy restaurant, Waffle House. Well, nothing but the best when her and I went out, you know. It, now knowing her, if you get her some yeast rolls and stuff like that, that was going to be yeah. special. So we went out to eat at uh, Quincy's. It, <laughs> that was a, or used to be a restaurant around, kind of like a Golden Corral or something like that. But for those of you that are old like us, you'll remember Quincy's. And um, 
we ended up, we went out, and I remember, you know, as you go out with a girl, you try to take your time as you're eating, and I know it's a <laughs> shock to all of y'all that I would talk a lot while I would uh, be with somebody, as you can see right now, but I'm sitting there trying to make conversation, and Amanda, if you know her personality, you know, God put us together, we always laugh that I'm a dog and she's a cat, our personalities, well, cats a lot of times will have affection when they want to have affection, but Amanda was the same way there. You try to talk to her, you try to get something. I'd ask her questions, she'd answer it. So I'm getting this feeling it's probably not going very well either, but I look up. Her food is completely gone. She's just been eating her food, and I'm sitting there with about a half a plate still left of everything. You remember that? <laughs> I do. Of course, now, I will say it was probably easier for me to eat fast because if you remember... Um, back in those days, if I ever ordered a steak, I would order steak tips. And um, the revealing, embarrassing part of that is I would do that because I really didn't know how to properly cut a steak. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, hey, I did teach her how to do that. Yes, that, <laughs> that might have been the first thing you taught me how to do. So, so earlier in the night, that night we went out, we had gone to watch a movie, which is now a, quite a famous movie, um, but it had just been released to the theaters um Forrest Gump <laughs> so that was our movie the first uh date date that we actually went on not just meeting each other so we watched Forrest Gump and those of you that know our family this is kind of an ironic uh movie that we watched well you know me with my stupid sense of humor as I watch stuff I would mimic things and I do impersonations and stuff so I started getting on her nerves a little bit about that and do you remember what you said that was funny uh, about the movie? I remember you just kept on doing impersonations as we're, you know, waiting in line there at Quincy's. You know how you would go through that serving line and... Like last, like a box of chocolates? Yes, things like that. And finally, I remember looking at you and I said, I just don't get it. Who would even name their kid Forrest anyway? <laughs> and, and, and then I tell her, well, that's my grandpa's name and my dad's name. And little did she know that would be our son's, one of his names. <laughs> but, uh, again, God has a sense of humor. Yeah, he does. But, yeah. uh, so, run, Forrest, run, uh, that, that that means a whole lot nowadays and, and off of the movie, see? So, I was just giving you a preview of yeah, what would take place. Maybe you should have run at that point. <laughs> well, might have been, but it wasn't God's plan. So, that's kind of how our first date went, and... Uh, what was your thoughts coming out of that? Did you think that we would have more? Did we go out or whatever at that point? What did you think? I don't really think that first night, I don't remember thinking it was anything long term yet. I mean, it was so new, but uh, I, I think the first thing that was different, noticeably different to me after that night is the desire to talk or see you, talk to or see see you every day after that. I mean, it's just different in that respect. Well, you do remember. Now, this is a bad thing, and I have to tell this because my friends, there was about four or five guys that I ran with a oh, lot. I know what you were going to And we were very tight, and they asked me about the date, and I said, well, she's nice and everything, but she's kind of, what did I say, Amanda? She's a little what? <laughs> squirrely. <laughs> I said she's a little squirrely. Yes. And they were like, well, squirrely, what does that mean? And I was like, I don't know. She just wouldn't hardly talk any. I'd try to do, and so she wouldn't give me hardly anything. So, 
you know, I think that she's kind of interested. I'm interested. I think she's pretty, and I'd like to go out again. But as she said, we still don't really have that thinking that necessarily it's going to be something that's long-term at this point. Yeah. So what's the next step? I don't even remember right here. Do you? So you mean the what's the next thing that happened? Yeah. Um, I remember you calling me the next night, that Friday night, you had been playing softball. And I want to say you guys lost again that weekend, which was unusual. But then I remember um, us meeting each other halfway between our houses. Um, I think we, we had an early game and we actually played and we got finished earlier in the evening, you know, like at 8 o'clock or something like that. But I had talked to you a little bit. So we, I ended up meeting you. Did I meet you at Addison? Mm -hmm. Which was kind of halfway between where I lived and where she lived. And then we came back to my house and watched TV. And, uh, you know, at that point, you still don't think much is necessarily going on. We did have a good time together. We, we did laugh and cut up some. But uh, now from there, what happened? So um, from there, I mean, we started talking a lot more. Like we would talk each night. Um, and back then, you know, you were not only involved in athletic things that you were doing yourself, but you were already coaching. And so I guess you guys probably had summer work, summer workouts. The fall season was starting. And um, so we just started talking more and more. Now, I think probably when it, when it first got real for us was maybe about a month in and um and maybe this is a whole nother episode but I think for the first time our relationship was something different for me because I felt more comfortable with you and I'm talking to you than I ever had anybody else which again goes back to where you said I was squirrely because I'd always been a very closed off person you know I kept that wall built pretty high so for me I'm, I think it changed when I realized that you were somebody I could talk to and I could trust and and I remember one Friday night we were out well we're gonna, we're gonna pick okay. that up in episode two that when we really knew that that it was probably something different and and God revealed to us both that that it was something special and we will save that in into episode 2 but in episode 1 I go back again when my mom was praying about that Proverbs 31 wife that I didn't want to hear about when I was 16 years old moms knew if we were going out with people that necessarily wasn't what we should be going out with or wasn't going to be that that spouse you know people know and, and a lot of times and they have a feeling about that and you know Proverbs 31 the whole chapter gives a lot about a, a, a woman and about being a godly lady but Proverbs 31 verse 25 says Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She opened her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. You know, when I think back, that that's what my mom was praying for, that kind of person. When I wasn't looking for it, I'm glad that I had someone that was praying on my behalf, going to the Lord and asking for those things. And knowing your mom 
and, and how that your, your grandmothers and everybody are about that. I'm glad that they were asking for those things for you as well, a husband that would, that would provide for you and be there. And I really honestly say, you know, if you know our story and on some of our episodes we would go through, my mom was a godly Christian woman that I loved dearly. She had problems just like we all do and different things going on. But she, her prayers are something that I can go back and I can always go to. And now my happiness and the things I have, I, I go back a lot to her. And I'm thankful for that. Oh, I think it's just huge to look back and see that when we were so, for lack of a, other, a different word, so blinded by things that we were looking at, our desires or what we were looking for in someone's date, um, what the background there was, the, the foundation were our mothers that were praying. And, and that was so important because they knew what God had in store for us, but we didn't know. And you know, a lot of times you can't see that. And I guess the whole gist of this, God puts plans together, but we have to also be asking for those. We have to try to find ways for the, you know, and how many times I felt guilty Maybe I haven't prayed for specific things for my family the way I should. I know you do a better job of that. And I need to do a better job. And so I encourage you as parents, as spouses, I need to pray for Amanda daily. I need to pray for uh, that God provides for our children. And he has. You know, he's blessed them in jobs and stuff that I've seen miracles come out of that, that, you know, our son tried to get a job during COVID that come out and uh, all of a sudden a job opens up and he goes into it. You know, the Lord is still in working miracles a lot of times in our life and your life, but we just need to make sure that we're praying, we're doing those kind of things for him. But, um, you know, so that's kind of the, the background a little bit, a little bit of history behind us meeting each other. But, you know, in episode two, we will be uh, talking a little bit about the things that when God really revealed to us that something was different. And if you notice that we talked about in this episode one, that we all, after we met, I don't know that we've ever been apart many days in our life. We were talking every day. And that's something that I've told people before, young people. You know, you go out with people, and if you have to work on something a whole lot when you're dating, it probably really isn't meant to be. <laughs> yeah, if it's hard work while you're dating, marriage is going to be really tough. So. Yeah, and, and then again, you know, when you know something is right, you, you just kind of know. And I know we had a, a preacher, You know, when you know that you know. Mm -hmm. You know, was, he was talking about your, your Christianity and talking about your salvation. But I think you know certain things are right when you feel it in your heart. And so, again, that's the beginnings of our first podcast. And we will be picking up more episodes coming. And we'll talk in the next episode, too, uh, about the next phase of our life. Thanks for being with us. <laughs>